We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pal Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger, in studio. Anthony Prohaska, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I really want to drink this drink. I'm very intrigued. Don't Guys, I'd like to drink this cocktail that this custom cocktail Chris made for me. But it's already been watering down. Now, while we sip it, here's here's what I want to say: is uh, Anthony. First, let's taste it. Uh, guys, you see it? It's in a glass. For those of you watching on Yaltube, there's a lemon uh, lemon rind mm. in it. Mm. There's a one giant cube. It looks citrusy, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It smells but, it, too. But like the look of it, is that bourbon? I I don't. I think I, I know what's in it. I don't want to say. Okay. Well, then, I believe there's bourbon, but all I can smell is lemon from the peel, so I guess we got to get in there. I believe I smell Hawaiian punch. <laughs> Cheers, the green, sir. the green. Cheers. Ooh, that's delicious. Okay, so there is a bourbon in there. It tastes good and it's refreshing. I just don't know what it is, Chris. What is this delightful cocktail? Because it's light on the palate with a heavy finish. It's almost like the inverse of most summer drinks, where it's fruity at the front, but then like heavy whiskey dark on the back. What is this? It is a. <laughs> It is a slight riff because we'll touch on an after dark. I went on a little bit of a road trip, but I did take a tour of where they do Hudson whiskey, and I picked up their rye whiskey that is finished in peated Scotch barrels. That's the that's the this darkness and that's the darkness. I thought the it would be a decent replacement in a penicillin. Penicillin okay. is a blended scotch, three-quarter ounce lemon, three-quarter ounce of a honey ginger syrup. Mm, of course. 
So I wanted to give that a try. I got a sip of it, but I couldn't drink the whole thing because I had to go to the ER. So you are and, you are drinking and, the cocktail that I busted my hand on. And this is going to be my question, Chris. You returned to the scene of the crime. Did has the, has the yips Wait. like I'm shocked? Like I, okay, so first of all, I want to know I, what happened. Yeah, so before I ask my question, Chris, why don't you regale our listeners with your epic tale of woe? Oh, okay. Well, went on a road trip, came back on Sunday. Midday, unpacked everything. Laundry, unpacked everything that we bought, bought a bunch of bottles of, of whiskey. We had dinner, and it's like 6.30. All right, time to break one of these mothers open. Oh, no. And have a cocktail. So I went to make the exact cocktail that you guys are drinking. Which is delicious, and I appreciate you. And I went to, I got a Y-peeler. And I put the lemon in my hand, and I went, and it got stuck, and then I went, yanked it, yanked it, yoked it. I have a missing piece of my, of my left, of my ring finger. You cut, you, you cut a, you cut a chunk out? Went through my nail bed. Oh, no! Yeah. Yeah. Through my nail bed. Your finger off with a fruit peeler. <laughs> yeah, I, I was freaking out. So like, bro, this. Is, all right, yeah. You guys, you guys gave two different reactions. Like Anthony, genuinely concerned, like oh, and Drew, it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You assaulted yourself with a fruit peeler, like. That's a thing. This was okay. So it's one of the most rudimentary kitchen tools, Chris. It's the reason I'm laughing is because if there's a million things you could cut yourself with, there's a lot cleaner ways to do it. Like if you cut your finger with a knife, I've laid myself open plenty of times. To cut yourself that badly with a fruit peeler? You don't think that's realistic? You must have really given that peel hell. You must have had some real... Yeah, I had some torque on it. The torque... (laughs) (laughs) I had some torque on it. uh, Dude. Yeah, well, what... This is, like... If anybody out there that is either listening to this or watching this on YouTube (laughs) and you're a single man, get yourself a nurse. Go find a nurse... Because like I don't do blood well at all. Okay, and yeah, so all. Chris, the I, picture you have of yourself that you tweeted out on our over at yeah. Rock Power Report on Twitter, the picture of yourself that you tweeted out, you look white like you were a stand-in. Remember when you were an extra in the Vampire Diaries back when you were like sixteen? Fun I was fact: in, I was in my mid twenties, but yeah. Can I get Can I get a screenshot of that? My wife used to watch Vampire Diaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a. Uh, Second to last episode of season one. Okay. I'm the only white guy in a football jersey. Okay. I'm 100% going to look it up. Like, you think I'm going to. Yeah, there was like a a fall fair. So here's the thing, guys. He looks like he could have been an extra as an actual vampire. Like, or or like he could have been the stand-in for Twilight. He looks paley shit. Kicking him when he's down, man. Yeah, well, let me get to the the point here. (laughs) So, Jessica is... Calm as shit in that situation. Because she's a nurse. Because she's a nurse. Okay. So she's like, all right, we'll go to urgent care. So we go to urgent care over on Ridge Road, 
and oh, they have that one. yeah they have they're like appointment only or some bullshit like that and they could see I'm bleeding through a ton of paper towels so <laughs> sorry yeah I know so we go in and I sit down and I'm like waiting for the it's a, a f- physician's assistant that comes in okay 6.30 on a Sunday she's way too peppy Okay. She walks into the room and was like, "Hey, how are you guys?" I'm like, you "I go, Chris, I go. You need to calm down." Chris thinks it's he's fighting for his thirty on a Sunday. You need to You're, lower. You need to look. I'm sitting here bleeding. Like water couples were yeah, and I got I no sure. fingernail. Oh. And so they take a look at it, okay. and the damage was like so. Like I cut the chunk, oh. and it was like hanging on a thread. And they're oh, like, "Real quick, you cut the chunk on the skin side or the nail side." Like the the skin side. Okay, copy. Yeah. So ah. they were like, "We can't do that." So because <laughs> be we like close we in an hour and a half. <laughs> so, wow. So we went over to ECMC, which that's that's fun. That's a quite that, yeah. That's not great. I spent a little bit of a hike. We got there at like seven thirty, and we left at like three forty-five in the morning. Fudge. And I I'll tell you this. I wish, hospi- I wish hospitals. Could also double as comedy clubs because I murder in hospitals. <laughs> murder. I wasn't expecting I, that. We came out of a. We came. I came out of the X-ray, and then went back to the room, and then the doctor came back because I guess they wanted to make sure I didn't like go through any bone or anything. Oh, it was God, like dude. that bad. So they come back in after the X-ray, and I go, "All right." Who makes a better cut, me or OJ? Oh, yeah, boy, guys, yeah. This is- and they liked it. Yeah, they. I got like, yeah. I got one. I got. He goes, I got, I got one laugh. I got a little laugh, and then Jessica goes, "When did you think of that? When she, did you think of that?" Yeah, I was like in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I thought of that. I've been thinking and, about it since urgent care. I've been thinking about it ever since we left. Oh urgent yeah, care. and I got a Chris is over. Here I drive by that. Ur- yeah, right. I drink. I drive by that urgent care all the time. It used to be a Ponderosa. Or next to a Ponderosa. <laughs> I like it. So we're it's right next to all those uh, telephone well, wires. Even before, like, so when I had to go get the X-ray on my finger, they like came in and they shot me up with an antibiotic and a tetanus shot. Makes sense. And so they like they jammed it into both arms <laughs> and like because they get into the muscle. Yeah, got it deep. What muscle? Yeah. So she said, oh, nice. "Look at that gun show." Yeah, you got gun show. For those? Yes, I do. I get shot up right wing all day and just like my whole body goes numb <laughs> and then I, they're like alright let's go walk to the x-ray and I'm like I don't like I can't move like you guys just shot me up so I'm shuffling down the hallway and I'm like god I'm moving at the speed of our president oh my god he, he yeah. every episode man I uh I was just yelling in like the common air, like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> yeah, as I was going to get an X-ray, but I mean, we were there all night, and uh, I even the what two days ago, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, Jessica changed my bandage. I almost passed out. Oh, God. Like I don't do. Now I'm not gonna lie. I don't do shit like that. Like Here's I'll I'll pass the fuck. I, like we were doing it standing in the kitchen, and I almost fell over. And oh, then we poor guy. we we 
changed it a second time, and I had to like, all right, I'm gonna go. I think it was last night. I lay, I'm gonna lay in the bed. That <laughs> way, I'm already out. laying down yeah. when I pass out. <laughs> Smart. And change this. What's the What's the timeline or like healing schedule? Like, what are you just supposed to leave it bandaged? Like, does anything have to be done? Like, I need to know how this comes to a conclusion. So, I think. Sorry. Before good. I look at my left ring finger again, Josh Allen will have a touchdown pass. Wow. Okay. Like, I can't. Well, it's a person. Like, I can't look at it until it looks like 85%. And it'll get. It can get there, though. It'll get close to back to what it used to be. I hope so. Okay. I, I was going to ask. I go, now, are your ring and pointer finger going to be the same height? Like. Like when you look That's at a normal weird. person's hand, yeah. like, are they the same length? I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I think it'll be shorter. I took a lot off the top. <laughs> I bet Jeez. you did. So now, now here's. I guess I just like Chris. I look at you and I go, "This is this is why we work because we're two very different people." I spent my whole life. Yeah, seeing Anthony a lot of seemed generally concerned ten minutes ago. <laughs> I was. I was well, concerned he, when I came in. It's because I've seen a whole lot of shit. I've seen people get butt. My, my, I've my, seen a lot of shit too. I'm just. I just have sympathy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It, it, what did I tell you? Oh, that's true. Fair. What you told me the little earlier, <laughs> but offline. I was telling him a story before we started podcasting about how my friend was that's high right. on laughing gas from getting his wisdom teeth removed, driving past a guy pulled over getting like basically arrested on the side of the road and his sister was like oh that looks like our friend ben like that's his car it's the same it almost looks like him huh and tony the kid with the laughing gas is crying laughing and they go why is that funny and he looks at his sister olive and he's on camera with back in the days of like camera like actual digital cameras and goes it's always funny when bad things happen to your friends <laughs> like it's it's kind of true. Now, Chris, here's my question. Were there any, and this kind of starts the conversation for tonight, in terms of the Bills podcast that we're doing, was there any hesitation when you got to the garnish this time? I see that you've peeled us these delicious lemon rinds. I oh, cut I that with a knife. That. I you cut, cut that, that with a knife. knife. Okay, so you approached it differently because you didn't trust. Now you said any you, trepidation here. You threw PTSD? that peeler out, right? I had, yeah, I had. P- I mean, I, we have other peelers, but I did have PTSD. Now, now this is because this is what I think about <laughs> when I think about his injury yeah. and what he did making cocktails. I think about Takeo Spikes tearing his Achilles and admitting that he was not back to being 100 percent until he played for the Chargers. He goes, the year I came back for the Bills. And played, I was not back. He goes, I was back physically, but mentally it was not there. So in my head, I go, does he have it in him to make a cocktail? Does he have the yips? That's a fair question. <laughs> like Chuck Knobloch trying to keep Is he Mike Vanderjack now? Like, he, he fucked one up, and now it's just going to derail his whole career? You can't compare that to Mike Vanderjack. That's like me doing the same thing, cutting a garnish, except I... Stab my leg, <laughs> like not even close. I was say, he, he's got to be a repeat offender to like be an official gifts category. But I think it's fair to question the PSD. I legitimately wonder that too. Like, I, yeah. I thought I questioned it tonight. Walking into this, I go, "Does Chris have it in him? Does he have it in him to make a cocktail?" I don't. And I'm, th- I'm trying to think for myself here. Like, if I had done that, like, I don't think I'm going back to the fruit. And if someone was like, "Hey, man, can I get some lemon with this?" I'd be like, "You get the fuck out of my house." They'd be like, "Why are you so angry?" I'd be like, "Get out!" <laughs> Get out! <laughs> then the wife is like, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You just you shouldn't scream no. at people." Yeah, well, it was Sunday, so like I had 
to work overtime on Wednesday, so I didn't have any... This is, like, the first time me drinking since the incident. Oh, my God. The incident. Now, here's a question. Has there ever been a sports injury? Like Ronnie As we kind of weave this thing back into the Buffalo Bills. Has there ever been an injury? Now, Tyler Dunn, plug your ears if you're listening to this, because we all know that I do care. Like, I care about these guys on a human level. Mm. I've always seen football like that because I grew up around football players, just Mm. as people. But has there ever been an injury where either the direct aftermath, like like the, the whatever took place next, kind of made you chuckle? Like the way I laughed tonight about Chris's injury, has there been one that made you laugh and you were just like, well, that was avoidable, but I guess not. Like I think back to this last year's Jets game. Matt Milano comes in and lays one of the hardest hits I've ever seen on a quarterback. Picture perfect textbook. Textbook. And clean, and Not, clean. And everyone goes, that's a dirty hit. I go, no, that is the cleanest it's you can Fucking hit. football, bro. It's a Goldberg spear right it's there. It's the most violent hit you can deliver while not breaking the rules. Shatters the guy's ribs, and then sends him packing. They put in Joe Flacco, who immediately fumbles the football. Yeah. Immediately on the next play, fumbles the football. No, I'm just... That made me laugh. Chris, has there been a sports injury? Where immediately afterwards, you're like, you snicker, you kind of, you're like, it's not, not that I'm laughing about the injury, but I'm laughing about what unfolded next. I can't think of one off the top of my head without being offensive, so. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you phrased it. Anthony, you got anything for me? Not necessarily, and I'm not, I'm not plugging this for wrestling in general. Um, Mick Foley off the cage? No, that one was terrifying to me. Oh, I, th- I thought um, you were going to say Owen Hart. No, dude, that's... <laughs> you want wrestling references? I got That's it. not fucking funny, man. <laughs> I think, and in fact, I think last time you were on, I made a... Uh, I think I made a... Uh, oh, what is it? The... Uh, what's his face? Burned his house down? <laughs> Crossface chicken wing? Bob back. No. Oh, Chris Benoit. Chris, I made a Benoit joke. Oh, you did. He wasn't a crossface chicken. We used the Crypto Crossface. Good. Yeah, but that damn, bro, man, that's wild. I was going to say Vince McMahon when he tore his uh, quads coming in for the Royal Rumble and tries to come up and he goes through the bottom rope and stands up and pops his quads and immediately has to sit down, but is still trying to sell the angle. So he's sitting on his butt because he can't stand. How, let me ask you this. How much podcasting do you listen to? Me? Yes. Uh, I listen to, like, two shows regularly. Okay, have you ever heard of the podcast called Behind the Bastard? No. Okay, I listened to it on a road trip. Jessica and I, you know, went on a, uh, a road trip, and we listened to all six parts that covered eight hours okay. of how much of an asshole Vince McMahon is. Oh, really? Yes, it's like a six-part series. Okay. It's like eight hours Okay. And it goes through Vince McMahon's childhood to him getting the business from his dad <laughs> to the steroid scandal, the Owen Hart death, all of the things that make him a bastard. Do you wow. Remember, do you remember the, when he was jacked? He still yes, is. He's, I would say he still is kind of. They get into that on that podcast on Behind the in, Bastards. In your 30s, you don't go from being slender and just like, hey, I'm here with a, I'm no, a nerd with juice. a microphone to all of a sudden like, I'm big Vince McMahon. No. no, you're on the roids. And that's cool, I guess, if that's, that's what you want to do. I think you got go to go back to you got you to go back to May, I think is when they released okay. them. I'll do so, that. No, he was definitely on the juice. I mean, he was 
I, I mean, allegations and things, but he was distributing it and encouraging. Oh, Jesus. All right. I mean, there's a reason Macho Man was wearing like a bodysuit when he came back and same thing with the warrior. Like he wanted his guys like roided up. He wanted a certain image and then he tried to portray that image himself. It's what he's like always been about. I mean, that was also at a time when WWF with the wellness policy was terrible. (laughs) The wellness policy was terrible. Yeah. Well, no, that's what they tried to do after everything with Kurt Angle and everything with Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Like Vince started to realize like, wait a minute. Are wrestlers kind of going through some stuff, like, mentally? Like, maybe I shouldn't have them hopped up on pills and roids and cocaine. Like, maybe I should do something to try and care about them as people. Even though I don't give them fucking insurance, and I qualify them as independent contractors, and have them on the road 300 days out of the year, and yada, yada, yada. It's not an easy life being a wrestler. They cover that on Behind the Bastard. I like to down. I'm excited. Guys, I've got bottles of Q42 barbecue sauce to give away. For the best answer for sports injury that begrudgingly made you chuckle. At Rock Power Report on Twitter. Best entries. I've got three. I'll give them away. I'll ship them. It's fine. It's just <laughs> funny to me. I want to get some outside opinion on this because I have a couple. Like there's, There are instances throughout history because I'm a bad... You saw the way I laughed at Chris. You a laughed bad, a considerable amount. I'm a bad person. I thought you... Especially knowing like you told me the laughing gas story before we went live... I knew you'd laugh here. I just thought it would be more like a ha, you idiot. Like you had a like a hearty like chuckle from your diaphragm. Like that was from inside. Like it's real. It, it absolutely <laughs> it's is. Real. You're a real guy. I like it. I respect it. So guys, I feel for Chris. Here, you know who else? I you know who I feel for? The Jets getting put on hard knocks. Can we talk about this for a second, Chris? The Jets are on hard knocks, and the Bills have the very first crack at derailing what is a very volatile situation. Oh, I didn't think about that. You have a team that does not want to be on... They don't want to be on hard knocks. Point blank and period. They actually protested. They did. Oh, I didn't know that. They were like, hey, we appealed to the league and said we do not want to participate in this. Is this not the first time that it's been forced on a team? Uh, No, it's been forced on teams before. The, the idea is, like, they ask, like, hey, who wants to volunteer? And if no one does, they just pick a guy. This Didn't that t- happen to the Jets? Before? No, the Jets. Rex Ryan wanted it yeah. the last year. There time. were worse football teams than the Jets last year. But the thing is, the Jets did themselves a disservice by getting a polarizing quarterback. And now, if you're a, if you're a league looking to maximize on TV revenue, mm. you're going to sell the hottest ticket. Well, the hottest ticket is what goes on inside that New York Jets locker room this season. Yeah, you got a quarterback on ayahuasca or whatever the hell This training camp, whatever this off-season thing is, whatever hard knocks is throughout the course of the... It's just... This is going to be rough. Do we not like... I like the Jets. Like as a roster. Not as a team. I just like them. I like their roster. In fact, I just did. Guys, if you want to go listen to it, shameless plug. If you want to go listen to my appearance on Play Like a Jet... uh, I was just on his podcast with him talking. In fact, Chris, I actually produced it and recorded it from my basement. I mean, I don't know. Chris is unimpressed. Did Scott tell you to press record on your end? Damn. And then I edited it. Did Scott tell the simple yes or no question? (laughs) Yes. All right. That's shocking. So, (laughs) so. I was just on Play Like a Jet, and we were talking about the makeup. They were like, we want to hear about our team through somebody else's eyes. Mm. And I told them, I love your roster. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what you guys do with it. Mm. 
Because there's all of these things that you guys on paper should be good, but you've basically built your church on the rock of Aaron Rodgers. Sounds Aaron like Rodgers a- is the most unreliable rock that I can think of to make the foundation of your franchise. I think the rock is the defense, though. Sure. Uh, but that no. was their rock last year, and where to get him? I mean, a game or two away from the playoffs with two of the worst quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So even if Aaron Rodgers is just halfway decent, sure. they're an easy playoff team, and they're a threat for the division title with a defense that matches up well with the Buffalo Bills. Drew is making it sound like the Jets Uh-oh. are L.A. Knight. Nice! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. We, we don't know. We have this thing that everybody loves, but we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And this is what they are. And I'm I mean, yeah. <laughs> God, I hate you both. I hate you wrestling junkies so much. Yeah. So this is what I look at when I see the Jets. And I look at what the Bills could deliver week one. Like I'm already because everyone's already postulating about it. And I just I had that conversation with them about what their team was. And what I kept coming back to is this idea that Aaron Rodgers has been babied his entire career. You go go ask Tyler Dunn, friend of the show. Used to work work the uh, beat in Green Bay. Mm. You I think were, he can take you Manish were, Mehta in a fight. You, you were not allowed. <laughs> I think anybody could take Manish Mehta in a fight. You were at a baseball game, tweeting about pictures of kids. Like I know what I know what ice cream your kids eating. Come talk to me. He should have been <laughs> put in a headlock right there and just beaten up. Here's what I'll say, Tyler Dunn floats this idea that you had to basically submit your questions ahead of time for approval because you wouldn't be allowed to bother him with questions that weren't like, oh, well, that's a bad question. You're not allowed to ask Aaron that. I'm okay with that. Because the franchise knew that in a small market they had to protect him. Mm. There there was a lot of Jerry Sullivans. I'm sure there was guys who would want to come into an... An atmosphere like that and... Antagonize them. Antagonize. And so they wouldn't allow that to happen. Hmm. Now the question is, what happens to you in New York City where there's no safety net? That franchise doesn't have that. They're Hmm. not going to coddle you because they brought you in to be the guy. You are the reason that they are relevant. You are the reason that they're talked about as potential Super Bowl favorites. Hmm. Whether they're like six rungs mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. but they're there. Mm-hmm. They went from zero to hero. Mm-hmm. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go well, he's going to have to answer for that. He's not accustomed to that. He's not used to that kind of treatment, and it's not like. It, does that sound like a recipe for success? I, I think it's it's fair to question that. Like you can, I think. I don't know what the percentages would be, but I think there's like a realistic chance that like the Jets are very good and are a good football team. I but also if think you get off a, to a bad start, that's what I was gonna say. Bills. I also think it's a real. There's a realistic chance that they implode, or they're a powder keg, and it just takes a couple bad performances. And Garrett Wilson drops a touchdown pass, and Aaron Rodgers says that he sucks, and then things go sideways in a hurry. Like that's the type of player that he is. Like he's that polarizing piece. And to your point, yeah, like the media. Probably won't let him skate by um, if he's playing bad. My, my my thing with it ultimately at the end of the day is I know he had a not so great last year, especially from an EPA standpoint. But I just think if he's a halfway decent QB, they're a good football team. Like with that defense and the rest of the roster around him, and if the O line stays healthy, I, as long as he's halfway <laughs> decent. Riffs. No, true, but health is 
always Mackay Becton for everyone. Oh, good, Mackay Becton. He's your only right tackle worth a shit on the roster. And then, I mean, you'll see what you get out of Dwayne Brown. Elijah Vera Tucker comes back. They draft Joe Tipman. We'll see what you get out of Brees Hall. It's all it's Miami. It's all question marks. Oh, I think uh, I think yeah. their O line is better than Miami. Like if we're, that's the bigger problem with Miami is if everybody's healthy for Miami, their O line still sucks. If everyone's healthy for the Jets, you're like, oh, okay, that's not bad. Like Miami's O line is bad. We were talking about it before we went live here again. Like the worst pass blocking efficiency metrics last year, and they did nothing to address it. Like they're not getting better. Like Taron Johnson or T- Teron Armstead is only getting older. He's only getting more injury prone. And Connor Williams is mad as a pass protector. Like they're not good in pass protection. The Jets, if they're healthy, are a fine offensive line. Even if Becton doesn't come back, they're a fine. Are they a top ten unit? No, but they are fine. And that's all they need to be with Rodgers, what they could have in the run game and the weapons they have. And the good defense. Fair. But Fair. they could also implode and be... They could also four. just blow up. And they could be 1-5 and five and Rodgers goes into hiding and no one hears from him. Meanwhile, what I know about the Buffalo Bills is that we win. We win, t- we win division titles. Once, twice, three times. Three times a lady. Yes! I love this. <laughs> this is called synergy, folks. <laughs> for, those, for those of you who don't know, that's called synergy. That's the name of the band who sings that song, right? What the hell just happened here? Oh, that was an ice beer that just fell off the fridge. Yeah, guys, Chris froze a Utica club somehow. In the oh, it's probably next to the tiny freezer section. Well, mm. why'd you put it in there? Because it shouldn't freeze when you put it next to the freezer. Yeah, well, you did. <laughs> we learned something. We all learned something. We today. all learned something today. So, underrated, overrated, like, you can argue that the, maybe the Jets are a little bit overrated, right? Because of these offensive line, like, if this all implodes, they could end up very poor. They could be the same team they were last year. If Mm. all of this, injuries in the offensive line, Mm. enough of them, Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter who your running backs are. You can say that for anybody, though. Sure. Wonderful. But who's proven they can absorb more injuries than anybody else? It's usually the Fair Jets. Point. Fair point. And they've already started. They already lost Chuck Clark. That yeah. was supposed to be their safety answer. One of them, yeah. Lost him. They lose their safety answer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris is listening to the radio, driving around, and he texts me, and he goes, I'm listening to WGR, and they just, they're on, Chris, why don't you, you you actually tell it, because 
I mean, it was your well, story. Well, it was Tuesday morning. I was on my way home from work, and Matt Perino was on with Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. You have better hair than him. I have number one hair in <laughs> Buffalo media, whether it's alternative or traditional media. Is that a challenge to Greg Thompson? I mean, he's his in- hairline is way too far back. Oh. He's cut. Well, it's you don't get to compete anymore. It, it's oh, no. it's it's not so much as it's his far is a matter of self preservation. It's not at this so point. much as it is far Greg, back. Greg, you're balding. I'll say it. You're balding. It's not as much as it is far back as it is left to right. Like we're, we don't who, speak like Mount Everest, yeah, motherfucker. Who, who puts a hair part in? Between your eyes. He's got tremendous hair, though. <laughs> he does have good hair. Not as good as mine. Not as good as Perino. I could do a... You guys got to have a hair off. I don't know I could do a top like. five top five uh, sports media hair in Buffalo. I, I will say this. I feel more comfortable mussing the hair of both Perino and Chris at the same time rather than Greg. <laughs> if I had to muss somebody's hair, I'd rather do it to Perino and him at the same time than Greg. That is impressive. <laughs> Back to uh, what's, a, what's a point here. Yeah, I, I was listening to GR, the one segment I get to listen to on my way home from work. Apparently, CBS Sports, we haven't found it. There's an article somewhere. I, th- I think it's embedded in there. They talked yeah. about it. They, it's not entitled. Buffalo Bills, number three tight end room in the NFL. Wait, like and, out of the entire league? Yes, they CBS Sports rated the Bills number three. Wow, tight end room in the NFL. Now, Fun. as a layperson here, and I hear number third tight end room in the NFL, and I'm like, huh? We got Dawson Knox at TE one, and TE two has never played it down in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd that we're three. So this is where. I like to have these conversations. Mm. Also, this is why I like our lads. Mm-hmm. Isn't this cool that I can break this down across every position group? In this the is NFL? very fun. I do like this feature. Now, Chris, if you just look at the AFC East and we want to talk about position groups, if we were talking about whose tight ends are best, first of all, we know that my that like Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki together in. That's pretty good if, New if somebody knows how to use them. It's pretty good. I was say scheme also comes into play as well. Like sure, for for some people. And this is the thing: it depends on what you think of Bill O'Brien. Mm. First Fair. of all, that's the first thing that jumps out to me. Do you think that Bill O'Brien is a good coach when it comes to utilizing tight ends? Because clearly, Matt Patricia and Joe Jim Judge were not the guys. Who was that? Uh, Joe Judge, Jim Judge, doesn't fucking matter. He's not here anymore. Mike Judge. Mike Judge. Uh, Mike, Judge <laughs> Mike Judge, King of the Hill, Mike Judge. And there's just Patriots players running around. Oh, my God. Everybody's just trying to tackle Ramondre Stevenson. Hey, that's what their training camp must look like. It's Ramondre Stevenson just running around untouched. Every player's just like, give it to Ramondre. So, Hunter Henry... Average tight end in New England. Not special. He's been average. He definitely hasn't been as good as he was when he was with the Chargers. Yeah, because he didn't have a good quarterback throwing in the football. He oh. still doesn't. Mike Gusecki went from... He's a wide receiver. He's not a um, tight end. He's a um, tight end, but he can't block. He sure. went from a, a basically wide receiver, tight end hybrid. Yes. 
with a bad quarterback to another team where he's a tight end wide receiver hybrid with a bad quarterback. I like Mike Kosicki for what he is, but I I would if it's between having Hunter Henry and Gasicki versus Knox and Kincaid, um, I'd rather have Knox and Kincaid. <coughs> Granted, I, again though, I respect the point, especially in the bigger picture. Like, I, I'm always very wary. The first draft that I ever like when I re- I'm very big into the draft in college football, and the first draft I ever really got into was Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, and so. Everybody and their mother told me when I was little, like, well, both of them are can't miss, and they're both going to be amazing. And then Ryan Leaf turned out to not be that way. So I don't think there's any guarantees when it comes to rookies, but I'd rather have Knox and Kincaid than I would Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. Okay, so then, obviously, C.J. Uzma and Tyler Conklin. I would, take, I would take Knox and Kincaid. <coughs> Guys, you, you may have heard it on the podcast. I almost just choked on a beer. It's some, it almost sprayed it on my nose. It was crazy. I almost sneezed with a beer in my mouth. You can watch it on YouTube if you want to. <laughs> so, in the AFC East, the Bills have the best tight end room. Expand that out to yeah. the... Now, now, Chris, scroll down. Mark Andrews is a preeminent tight end. Player. I also like Isaiah Likely. Granted, their scheme plays into a role as well. Yes. And then Charlie Kohler is their three. I would take Baltimore's tight end. But room. now they have a Baltimore is ranked two Fair. in this Bar- in Baltimore this phantom two. article. Li- Likely is a very solid tight end too. And then uh, for me, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in football. He's one of the best receiving options, point blank period, in yes. football. Then you go down the list, Irv Smith Jr. and Drew Sample. I take the Bills tight ends. I take the Bills. Uh, David Njoku and Jordan Aiken. Oh, I do like that room. I would take the Bills tight ends. Here's one I, I where's the toss up? The Steelers. I Pat, Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry. I Darnell really Washington. Like Don't forget about him. The Darnell Washington right. thing is interesting. Here's a piece too, because if we're talking about the room, like we really have to look the at it room. as more than just exactly. tight end one, tight because end. You're talking two. about Quentin Morris, who yes. showed last year that he can be an effective run blocker. Mm. He can catch passes in space. Mm. We're guys, next week we are gonna be finishing up our training camp preview series with the tight ends, and that's why I'm kind of getting into it with this conversation. Where does this group stack up across NFL tight ends? Because the thing I've heard Heard, Anthony, mm-hmm. is this idea that well, all the Bills have is one tight end and that's all they use. If you look at these depth charts, what most people are probably realizing as they hear us read down them is that nobody has ever heard of half these people. That's because most teams don't utilize tight end two. Tight end two is there. They're a safety valve. Mm. They're a blocking tight end. Yeah. They're a... Like, so, no no disrespect to what the Bills have had with their previous yeah. tight ends these past couple of years, but no one is, no offensive coordinator is clamoring to run more 12 personnel so they can get Tommy Sweeney on the field more. And I think, I like Morris, and I think he still has some upside. I really like him as a tight end three, but even as a tight end two, you're not like, you know what, guys? We got to find a way to get Quentin Morris on the field. That's yes. not, that's the, but that's the conversation you have with Knox and Kincaid. Exactly. Now yeah. you're talking about how do we get both of these playmakers on the field? It's like having a good cruiserweight division in Nitro in the late 90s, right? You got to find a way to get him some airtime. We can go down. There are teams with very, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram was franchise tagged. He was. And at the same time, but Brenton Strange. Brenton Strange is a rookie. Yep, out of Penn State. So we're in the same nothing, boat. There's nothing after him. Uh, Oconquo is all projection. Yeah, fair. He's all projection, depending on who's throwing the football. And Trevon Wesco, a former Jet, who was cut from the team, yeah. is the guy backing him up. 
So the Titans are out. The 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 Colts are fucked. So are the Titan uh, the Houston. I like Dalton Schultz. Yeah, but who is Tegan Quinn? Yeah, so that's where you start. Then you're looking at the second, and you're like, eh. And then Chris, I almost feel like now, ever since the Darren Waller trade, the AFC West is bereft of tight end talent. I really, I really like Greg Dulcich. I liked him coming out of UCLA last year, but right. Manhurts is a. It, see, when you get to the Broncos, tight end two and tight end three are almost like opposites of each other. Manhurts is a pure blocking tight end, physical piece. Like that's wasn't he on the Bills? Uh, I know he was on the Jags last year. He was on the Bills for a short period of time. Oh, he may have been. Good plug. Good pull. Um, and then, you know, having Troutman behind him, he's more of a pure passing or a pass-catching tight end. So then you start to get to that piece, and it's you become segmented. And Hey! Chris Manners, Buffalo Bills! You did it. Woo! 2015. Show over. Callback. Also went to Canisius College. Oh, oh, Jesus. He's local. Is he from? He's from the Bronx. Ooh, the BX. Ooh, I wonder if he was neighbors with Doug Marone. <laughs> Let's call Doug and ask. Get him on the line. <laughs> if I could call Doug, all I would ask him is, why the fuck do you eat bologna? You do know that's a, that's a third-class meat. It's gross. <laughs> all right. Chief's tight end room, I'd take. Chief's, oh, yeah. Chief's oh, no, tight end Noah room Gray? is number one. I like Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. Noah Gray and Jody Fortson. And now, Chris, where did they rank? One. One, exactly. Yes, they should. Best Ooh, tight end room. I'd... Oh, man, I wish they had kept Waller. Yeah, right, because the Raiders they had Austin tight. Hooper and Waller. Or, you or call- Waller and Mayer. And O.J. O.J. Howard is with the Raiders. Bill's, the Bill's legend. The fact that he's T3 tells me that they're not deep. And if Hooper gets hurt or someone goes... Like, Mayer's he- legit. And Hooper's legit. I mean... Is he? Ho- he hasn't Hooper, taken a snap. Hooper is... I mean, he gets projection. But Hooper is... Hooper's a fine starting. He is a starting caliber tight end. He's not strong. He's not fantastic. He's not putting you over the edge, but he gets the job done in both the pass and the run blocking piece. I mean, Mayer has the potential to be a legitimately good tight end. I was surprised that he fell even as far as he did into the second, but he's again in that same, not Austin Hooper mold, but you can do everything with him. He's not a tell. Like, you're not worried about him. He's an above average receiver and blocker. I think his blocking got a little overrated throughout the draft process and his pass catching got a little underrated um potentially um but yeah i think he's a good piece but i so when you look at the afc as a whole it makes sense that the bills are peg number three bills are top at the worst i would say probably top five in the room but yeah three is three is fair in the afc wait they were AFC, they were the top three in the nfl or the afc in this cbs article nfl what, okay. Crit, okay let's take a quick Chris, just scroll it down. Who? Laporta is a starter for the fucking Lions. The, the Green Bay Packers are starting two rookies. Uh, I do like Waller and Bellinger. All I need to do is go to... go Most Guys, brave. you, you want to do this? Go to OurLads.com and, and look at the positional depth Ooh. chart and then go to tight ends and look at every TE2. Kyle Who Pitts is your TE2? Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith is cool. Yeah, is he cool? Because Jonu Smith seems like the brakes fell off him. Oh, wait. He's back with the offensive coordinator who made him relevant. And he's, right, tight, and he's, in, and he's tight end, too. That's interesting. Yes. All right, fine. Yeah. Interesting, but I still like my guys. Because Jonu Smith showed me his ass. I think that's He a, showed me his whole ass. You can have... And I, honestly, if you wanted to lean either way, I'm fine with it. I don't I don't have a staunch person. I'm like, nope, I'm taking the Falcons tight ends. Or nope, I'm taking the Bills ones. If you want to Meanwhile, have a all the quarterbacks in the NFC West suck, so I don't care what their tight end depth chart says. They can all kick rocks. Fucking, uh, Man, what? 
if the Niners had a little bit better of a tight end, too, I would put them ahead. But, I mean, Kittle is fantastic. Sure, you have a star, but what do you have beyond him? Yeah, Charlie Warner. Now, what happens if Dalton Kincaid is a star? What's his upside for the season? In your opinion, what is your what is the upside heading into training camp? 400 terms, yards, two touchdowns. And in terms of the success. depth chart, all you're competing with is a Quentin Morris. All you're, like, he is the de facto TE2. Yes. And at the same time, he's not a traditional tight end. No. So, he's more, would you say he's more Mike Gesicki than he is Dal- uh, like Dawson Knox? Or would you say he's, Dawson Knox isn't quite your prototype tight end. Fair. He's not Travis Kelsey. No. He's not a run blocker who also catches elite passes. Like, no one's Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, Gronk, they were in their own categories. Mm-hmm. Dawson Knox is a very good NFL tight end. And he's done a lot to make himself an overall tight yes. end. Yes. And he's worked receiver. towards it. Yes. And at the same time, he seems to vibe with Josh, and that's the thing that matters. Hmm. Can he find you in moments that matter? When he threads the needle through traffic to you in the back of the end zone in a play- in a hmm. de facto playoff game in the snow in a Buffalo December, Chris, while I'm sleeping in my seat. Or you, drop, or you drop a touchdown pass against the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round. Sorry, double you're, advocate. You're going to have him. But my point is, he goes to him in those moments because he goes, that guy, yeah. I have chemistry. We he both like fo- stepbrothers. He found a way to make himself available to the quarterback, mm-hmm. show him that I have physical traits that can power the offense, mm-hmm. and he gets open. Mm-hmm. Quarterback will look to you. Mm-hmm. Kincaid seems to have the highest ceiling of all this draft's guys who could do that. Mm. Now, we have a Quentin Morris if you want to run block. We have a Reggie Gilliam if you want an H-back mm. slight slice. We have other ancillary options, so I guess the thing is, what is the upshot for Kincaid this year, and what does this tight end room look like to you? I want to say, to end on that, or to begin on the piece you just ended on, I think he's a better run blocker than he gets credit for. Okay. I think you get this stigma of a pass-catching tight end, and the assumption is, like, oh, they're soft, or they don't run block. I'm not going to sit here and say run blocking is a strength, and he's tremendous, but he's willing and his technique isn't as bad as it could be for someone who has the receiving chops and the receiving upside that he has. And if you just put him in the league right now, again, you're a rookie, you've got to adjust. But he's more than capable against nickel guys, safeties, linebackers. Is he that guy that you want lined up, attached to the line of scrimmage as a traditional wide tight end, blocking a defensive end? No, not necessarily. But there's also not a lot of tight ends who do that nowadays anyway. So I think he's a better blocker overall than he gets credit for. Half the battle in blocking is just the effort and the sense of urgency. He operates with that. He's more of a shielder than he is a people mover, Mm -hmm. more of an escorter kind of guy. But he's a better run blocker than he gets credit for. I think his upside overall in this offense, I legitimately think his upside, it's tough for tight ends to break into the league because of what's asked of them mentally. You have to know what your responsibility is in the route distribution. You have to know protections. You have to adjust in a multitude of levels and on a multitude of layers. I think his upside is option number three in this passing offense. I think Davis or I think Diggs is going to be the one. Two can rotate on any given week, but I expect it to be Gabe Davis, maybe even Dawson Knox. Um, but I think there's a legitimate shot where. Kincaid and Knox are even for targets, or maybe Kincaid is like wow. a, or Kincaid is like a legitimate factor. 
maybe not from a volume standpoint, but he's very successful in the red zone or very successful on third down. Like there's a well, lot of mismatch it. capability. The thing I was looking at is our red zone last year. We we dropped. It started off. Our red zone Dorsey offense got a little faded. better. It got better as the year went on, but it still was not ideal. And it start the start of the year. A lot of it was schematic. And well. under Brian Dable, we were one of the best red zone offenses in football. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't just Josh powering the ball, and it was you finding good mismatches through the air to get guys open. Yeah, they were doing it with Tyler Croft in 2020 yes. and things like that. So yeah. the idea is, is that now you have another piece who's a much better Tyler Croft, mm. who you can throw in there as a mismatch to get those things. Absolutely. You can literally just... It's like you have options. It's crazy. plethora of options. Different identities. Just like how you have the option to get up and leave right now. Because like Raw 98, we're three minutes over time. Wow. Look at him. Guys, always a consummate professional. Anthony, thank you for coming tonight. Of course. Chris? Go fuck yourself. Fuck your finger. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Guys, we gotta get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Anthony Prohaska. And this has been the Rock Pile Report.